Hello and welcome to The Strong Thought and today's episode of The Info Hit. Today we have some interesting stories from Canada and some very interesting stories from America. We'll be talking about the second presidential debate and Canada's handling of the pandemic and much more. So come with me to get your dose of info. Before we start, I just want to let you know that the info hit is available on most podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. If you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. And if you would like to see more content like this, tune in for the next episodes. So for the first topic of the day, the Biden-Trump debate actually happened. Uh, the first Biden-Trump debate, I talked about it. Uh, I basically said that was a comedy show. It was not a debate. It was just Trump yelling for 80% of the time, interrupting Chris Wallace and Joe Biden, not really letting Joe Biden get to speak, which was the biggest mistake for Trump that entire time. And nobody won, but Trump definitely lost in the polls, losing like five points. I think like on some polls, he was down like 14 points. It was uh, incredible. So this uh, and the one that was supposed to be, I think, last week that got canceled because they want to do it over a Zoom call, which uh, which would have been the most boring debate of all time. So I'm glad that was canceled. I'm glad that didn't happen. But this debate actually happened. It was an actual debate. It wasn't a comedy show like last time. And my verdict for who won? Trump won. Uh, Biden lost. I, I don't I know. Trump won. Biden lost. Biden didn't really put up a good effort. And Trump won handedly. Uh, after watching the debate, I thought that Trump won, but uh, I didn't like fully realize how bad he won until I woke up the next day. I uh, watched over some of the highlights. I didn't watch over the entire thing twice. I watched over some of the highlights. And then I realized, damn, Biden really did not do a good job at all. Now, uh, the, the, the results, like the who won, from CNN, uh, there's a CNN article uh, basically asking uh, people who won the debate. And obviously it's skewed saying Biden won, I think 51%, uh, 39% Trump won. Um, it's kind of, you know, very, very similar to how the actual presidential polls are looking out. And also because CNN did the poll. So, you know, it's obviously going to skew toward Biden. But um, if you actually watch the debate and you actually got your head out your ass and you actually, you know, tr is trying to look at see who actually won the debate, there's no way in hell Biden won that debate. So the muted mics uh, in this debate the last time, uh, Trump could just talk over whenever he wanted. This time, uh, the mics were muted whenever it wasn't your turn to talk. Uh, the muted mics, it actually worked in Trump's favor because it made sure that Trump just didn't go off on tangent uh, while Chris Wallace or while Joe Biden was talking, you know, making sure that he wasn't interrupting Chris Wallace in the middle of a question or making sure that he wasn't interrupting Biden right before Biden was going to say something stupid. And it allowed Biden this time to make mistakes. Um, I think the the commission for presidential debates, they, uh, they, they did the muted mics to hurt Donald Trump, but actually it helped Donald Trump. So the major difference uh, that we were able to see between Joe Biden and Donald Trump is that Donald Trump, he spoke about hope. He was speaking optimistically, while Joe Biden, he just spoke in, in like apocalyptic terms, apocalyptic terms, and it was just very like doom and gloom. You know, for the first question, Trump came out 
and he talked about how yes, you know, two hundred twenty thousand people died, but the the numbers projected were two point two million, and how we're turning the corner, we're rounding the corner, and that we we're going to get the economy up, and people are going to go back to work. Uh, we're going to get unemployment down. We're going to reboot the economy. We're going to get the economy back to where it was before the pandemic. And the economy at that time was at record highs, record low unemployments, whatever, whatever. The first thing Biden says, 220 people dead. Like very, very like nihilistic almost. It was, I, I, I almost laughed out loud because I saw, you know, Trump, you know, talking about hope and whatever. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, Biden is going to say some shit to depress everybody. And that is exactly what he said. First thing he said, 220,000 people dead. And he tried to blame everything on Trump, even though every single country is going through it. It's not like America is like some exception where they're the only ones getting hit hard by the pandemic. Canada is getting hit somewhat hard. Italy, England... France, everywhere in Europe, basically, every first world country where they're actually able to somewhat record uh, the, their, the overall cases and the deaths, you know, for example, in India, they had like a huge, huge, huge spike. And that was only in recorded cases. India is basically a third world country. So we know the vast majority of cases over there weren't recorded, weren't documented. Uh, I I doubt testing is very good in India, and they were having just extremely high numbers. Uh, China, they were welding people into their, uh, their into their own homes, like literally welding people into their homes if they had COVID, and uh, they're definitely hiding some of their numbers. Uh, and just generally, no country is really handling this well. So for Biden to just blame everything on Trump, it makes zero zero sense. So yeah, uh, Biden just blamed all 200,000 uh, 200, plus deaths on Trump, um, despite the fact that every country is being hit. And Trump just spoke about how, you know, uh, the projected amount of people to die was 2.2 million. Uh, Trump also spoke about how when H1N1 was sweeping through America, H1N1 was, I think, swine flu. And uh, under the Obama Biden administration that infected much more people. And if it was just as deadly as COVID, which it's not, uh, but if it was just as in, um, just as deadly as COVID, it would have killed around 700,000 people. So it's a good thing that Trump made that contrast. It's a good thing that he actually showed the people like, hey, you know, 200,000 people died under me. But like Biden had a very similar situation or Obama Biden had a very similar situation a few years ago and they did much, much worse. Um, the, uh, you know, if you talk to, or not talk to them personally, but a lot of public health experts say that the handling of the H1N1 in America was awful. It was horrible. Uh, same thing for Canada, but specifically in America, it was awful. And as I said, uh, if it was just as deadly as COVID, 700,000 people would have died. Uh, Trump also did a good job in saying how in all of Biden's years uh, in government, he did nothing. So a lot of the time, Biden would say, yeah, I'm going to do this, that, that. And then Trump would hit him with the counter. And this counter worked every single time he tried it. He would hit him with, yeah, but Biden, you had... Uh, you had all these years to do it. Why didn't you do it in the eight years as you were vice, vice president and all those other years that you were a senator in the United States Senate? And Biden had zero comeback for every single, every single time. 
uh, Trump launched that attack on Biden, he had zero counter to it. You know, he would probably just he would go off topic and talk about something else, uh, which really showed that, yeah, that was a valid uh, argument by Trump and it was effective. It was working. You know, Biden, he's been in the government since the War of 1812. And he all, all he's really done of significance is the 1994 crime bill, which I'll get to in a few minutes. And also he was like the vice president. He was he was Obama's B.I.T.C.H. Like he was Obama's bitch. I, 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 I'm just going to say it. So, yeah, Trump did well uh, when he was talking about what he has done for the black community. Um, the question uh, by the moderator was asked, you know, do you think uh, do you think. Uh, black people should be scared. Black communities should be scared. Obviously, you're referring to uh, the incidents of police brutality and the the whole uprising, the BLM uprising, uh, uprisings around uh, America. The moderator asked that question of, of Biden, and Biden he basically get, his answer was just a, a load of horseshit. And Trump actually talked about what he was able to do for the black community, and I think he did a very good job answering this question. Uh, Donald Trump, he talked about how he was uh, giving crucial funding to historically black colleges. And he talked about how every year um, or generally every year they would come back to the uh, to the White House and ask for more funding. And Trump just said, hey, you know, I'm just going to give you for 10 years a whole bunch of funding and I'm going to give you more money than you asked for. Uh, and Trump, he gave a good joke about how, you know, I think the only problem with that is that I'm not going to I might not see them. Uh, anymore because I gave them funding for, uh, for so long they, they they probably don't need to come back um, I, I I also liked how he talked about how he was doing prison reform and criminal justice reform something that Biden did but it incarcerated more black people yeah uh, I also Biden or not Biden but Trump hit on the fact that Biden was the, a main proponent in the 1994 crime bill uh, which incarcerated far more black people than it helped. Um, he, you know, Trump talked about funding black colleges. He talked about the First Step Act, and also he talked about how uh, before the pandemic there was record low black unemployment. Black unemployment was at record lows. Hispanic unemployment was at record lows. So already, record low unemployment for the black community. Funding black colleges. He passed criminal justice reform. He passed prison reform. And Biden did jack shit. Trump did a very good job nailing this point. Um, and Biden had no, uh, basically, he, he had no counter to this. I thought that Trump, uh, uh, one of the criticisms I would have of Trump on this debate is that I think he could have handled the topic of Biden's family better. Uh, I've seen certain videos I've seen on Twitter that a lot of people are saying that Trump did a very good job talking about Biden's family and the corruption that is uh, just that Biden's family is just wrought with. And I disagree. I think that he could have handled um, the attack of Biden's family much better. I believe that it he he did he definitely. He, it was definitely necessary for him to talk about that because it is such a prevalent topic and it is a topic that is being censored by social media. It is a topic that is being censored by the, by the Democratic Party 
it is being censored by the media like cnn doesn't want to cover it msnbc doesn't want to cover it cover it the associate uh the npa or the npr sorry the npr which is which is taxpayer funded basically said that they won't be covering the topic because they because in general they believe it's a hoax which is a disservice to the american people that is something that the american people should figure out for themselves not the npr who is being funded by taxpayers regardless uh, it was definitely crucial that Trump talked about it. I believe that Trump didn't do it as well as he could have. Uh, basically, Trump, he would throw out a bunch of statistics. He would give a, a whole bunch of numbers. Uh, all these numbers are from different events, and none of which could have really possibly stuck with the listener, could have, could have really stuck with the uh, the viewer. And Joe Biden, I, like, I could tell when uh, Donald Trump was throwing out all these stats, all these uh, figures, all these events, Joe Biden was visibly confused. And I wouldn't blame the um, the the American the American viewers for also being confused. So let me break it down. Trump talked about the the Senate report that came out a few weeks ago. Basically, this uh, the United States Senate they passed a report basically talking about how Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, uh, received 3.5 million dollars from the former mayor of Moscow's wife. 3.5 million dollars from Moscow. Um, there is no evidence to say that Joe Biden was getting a portion of that money, but. Uh, Hunter Biden definitely did get $3.5 million from Mo the Moscow's mayor's wife um, under, and he did that you know, just by being related to Joe Biden. Also, the big, the big thing that's been the big bombshell story uh, from the New York Post uh, with, the, with the leaked emails talking about how Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, they were involved, they were involved in business dealings together with Burisma. Uh, Hunter Biden, he was receiving, I believe, $50,000 a month uh, from Burisma to be on their board, even though he has no experience within that field whatsoever. And basically, he lobbied to get into that position, basically because of Joe Biden and Joe Biden's name. Uh, also, there's emails talking about 20% 20 20 to Hunter and 10% to the big guy, basically referring to Joe Biden or presumably referring to Joe Biden. Uh, Donald Trump talked about all these things, but he was just he was just throwing out these numbers, just throwing out these different events. He just threw out, you know, 20% to Hunter, 20% to the big guy. I, you are the big guy. I think you're the big guy. I, you know, I think you're the big guy. Maybe you're the big guy. Maybe you're not the big guy. He threw out all these statistics and numbers, but it wasn't very coherent. Um, I don't think it would have stuck with the Amer with the with the average viewer. Uh, but it's still important that he did talk about it because these stories are being suppressed. They're being suppressed by traditional media and they're being suppressed by social media like Twitter, Facebook. They're actively blocking these stories and it is important that they get out. Um, and basically, Joe Biden, the only counter that he had to these accusations of corruption is, um, yeah, well, they're not true. He didn't say why they're not true. He didn't explain himself. He just said, that's simply not true. Come on, man. Joe Biden, he is an absolute fool. So, yes, I do believe that Trump um, could have done a much better job talking about uh, Joe Biden's family's corruption. But Joe Biden didn't do much better on any front, really, on any topic. Joe Biden, 
he didn't do a good job uh, dodging and countering any of Trump's uh, attacks uh, when it came to his family, when it came to uh, the 1994 crime bill. His answers definitely weren't sufficient uh, when talking about uh, why why he did what he did in the 1994 crime bill. He talked about how it was a mistake. He didn't talk about how he's rectifying those mistakes and how he would how he would do better on the black community's uh, part. So Biden, he definitely did off awful on the on the subject of border security uh joe biden talked about how 500 uh children are being separated from their families at the border donald trump refuted that saying hey a lot of these children they're being brought over by the cartel and the coyotes um and a lot of these uh children have of uh, have parents who are criminals joe biden said no they're not being brought over by the cartels even though America has a serious problem dealing with cartels, dealing with the tra- just trafficking, drug trafficking, especially by the cartels. Joe Biden should know this, that the cartels have a heavy presence when it comes to drug trafficking or just trafficking in general, human trafficking even. And this is what Don Trump is talking about, how these cartels are trafficking over little kids and they're killing coyotes, uh, taking out all the insides of a coyote and stuffing the kid into this hollowed out coyote. Uh, Joe Biden refuted this saying, they're not being brought over by the cartel. They're not being brought over by coyotes. And look, not every child is being brought over by the cartel, but it still remains, the fact still remains that children are being brought over by, by the cartel. And even still, if you want to immigrate to America, you have to do it legally. Uh, basically what happens is that the the the, the parents, they're kept in the jails while the children, they're being released to family who is in America or they're being sent back to Mexico. So, yeah, Joe Biden, he just did an awful job when it came on the topic of border security and he was defending illegal immigration. He was talking about how these are people too, you know. Well, illegal immigrants, they they account for billions in dollars of losses. A billion, billions, I think $300 billion in losses. Um, which is which is something that needs to be rectified, which is something that Trump is helping to mitigate. But obviously, Joe Biden wants to let in more people illegally. I don't know why he would want that. Uh, Joe Biden he he also said that uh, he also said that he would kill the oil industry. This is toward the end of the debate. Uh, this was on the topic of climate change and the environment. Uh, Donald Trump he was saying, well, look. Uh, I the I have the cleanest there's the, we have the cleanest waters we have the cleanest air under my administration and I'm not gonna kill off the oil industry uh, for solar and wind which has a lot of problems which is inefficient which is very true uh, solar and wind it's very inefficient the, uh, we have a hard time uh, just maintaining the energy and storing the energy and we have a, a there's very big problems when it comes to an influx of energy, like having too much energy and not having enough energy. Uh, Germany is a prime example. They mainly transition to solar and wind. Uh, the price of electricity skyrocketed and just the inconsistency, the incons- inconsistency of electricity rised. The same thing with Ontario, Kathleen Wynne. She basically wanted more wind, more solar. 
the price of electricity skyrocketed, the reliability of electricity dropped. So just this notion that solar and wind is the be-all, end-all, and we got got to get rid of fossil fuels when fossil fuels is the best way to generate energy and solar and wind. It is just the technology for solar and wind is just not there yet, and I don't know why they rule out the they rule out nuclear. Nuclear is a clean energy source, and there's only been like one or two accidents of nuclear with uh, nuclear energy. Uh, France, I believe, seventy percent of their energy is nuclear, and they have a very good. It just works very well for them. I don't know why more people don't talk about nuclear. Republicans and Democrats. I don't know why that's not considered by more of them, especially Democrats, because they're the ones who want net zero emissions by I believe twenty thirty five. Donald uh, Joe Biden, he said that yeah i'm gonna kill the oil industry so that we can have more solar and wind and donald trump's like oh man you gotta talk to you know the people in texas and pennsylvania and north carolina all the jobs that will be lost which is true the oil industry employs hundreds of thousands of people and biden is perfectly fine uh having killing off hundreds of thousands of jobs for um energy that is less efficient that will drive up the costs of electricity as you can see in california and uh, it's overall horrible so yeah just in general trump beat biden on the subject of healthcare. uh where uh, don trump said he's gonna he's gonna do his best to get best to get rid of the affordable care act biden defended the affordable uh, care act biden said that nobody was kicked off their private insurance which is simply untrue hundreds of thousands of people were kicked off their private insurance plans which was generally better than having obamacare um joe biden lied about that uh biden said that uh that under the affordable care act that he will be giving a public option which is the first step to having socialized health care which is a bad idea in ontario i believe the provincial government they uh 62 of their budget is dedicated to the health to the healthcare industry and in i believe in i believe in 2030 that number will more than likely rise to 80 percent 80 percent of the budget uh will be toward the health healthcare. Uh, which is absolutely ridiculous, and also just the quality of the healthcare in Canada. It is much, much lower than in America. The waiting times is absolutely ridiculous. I had pertussis, and I had to wait hours to be treated, even though I almost died multiple times. It, the, the waiting times in Canada is ridiculous, and um, just go, government control over anything just makes it worse. If a government sees the entire Sahara Desert, that government will find a way for there to be shortages of sand. Russia, they had one, they have some of the best land just in general. Their land is very fertile. It is very good for crop grow, growing. When Hitler invaded Russia, he literally got like he really got his soldiers to dig up the dirt and bring the dirt back to Germany because the dirt was so good. It was so good for crop growing. And Russia, millions of people died from starvation in Russia because the government and their socialized everything, the government mismanaged everything. So the notion that uh, that socialized healthcare is better is absolutely ridiculous. When the government takes control of anything, it makes it it makes it worse. So finishing up on the topic of the debate, the moderator was good. Chris Wallace in the first debate was an absolute disaster. He couldn't control anything. He couldn't control Trump, which was the main which was the main objective of the debate. As the moderator, 
control Trump. He was he failed at controlling Trump, uh, and also he was lobbing up Biden's softballs while harassing Trump about white supremacy, even though he has condemned white supremacy in 2000, in 2015, in 2016, in 2017, in 2019. I haven't seen any footage in 2018, but I'm pretty sure he's condemned in 2018. He's condemned white supremacy more than Biden has, more than I have. It's ridiculous. Chris Wallace did an awful job. This time, the, the moderator did a good job. Some of the questions were a little leading. Uh, they were a little favorable to Biden. But overall, the moderator did a pretty good job. Um, so moving on from the debate, uh, the second topic will be about the liberals and how they have gone to extreme lengths to, to conceal what is happening with the, we, with the We Charity scandal. So I'm a little sick and tired of talking about this, but... The, to- the topic of the We Charity scandal is very important, and um, this the story in general has been developing over the past couple of days. Since the last time I talked about it uh, on last week, I talked about how uh, the, the, tr- the liberals were filibustering uh, in the finance committee, but how the conservatives have proposed that they, they, will, uh, they will create an anti-corruption committee that will be dedicated to investigating the We Charity scandal and the Finance Committee and the other committees can focus on uh, on can focus on dealing with the pandemic. So the Finance Committee they were trying to pry documents from the Liberals with no success since the Liberals are filibustering. Filibustering basically is the purpose. The original purpose of filibustering was to ensure that bad bills weren't getting passed. But instead of doing that, they were filibustering so that. The, the the they can hide documents they conceal documents that are important to to con, to con, to conducting a thorough probe uh, of a corruption scandal what was supposed to happen was an anti-corruption committee was going to be formed to inv- investigate the matter so all the other parliamentary committees can focus on the pandemic however to discourage left-leaning opposition from voting uh, in favor for the formation of the committee, the NDP has, are, uh, has previously said they would they, they would be in favor of creating this committee. The Conservatives are the ones who are the main ones who push for the creation of the committee. The Bloc Québécois were uh, were very strong supporters of the formation of the committee, and the Green Party were kind of reluctant 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 to support. Uh, the formation of this committee, but they still stood behind the formation of the committee. This is all before uh, the liberals made it a confidence matter. They made this vote a confidence matter. Nobody wants uh, an election. The conservatives don't want an election. The NDP doesn't want an election. The Greens definitely don't want an election because they might just lose official party status. But regardless, uh, Justin Trudeau, he made this a confidence matter basically to discourage uh, the NDP and the Green Party from voting in favor of the creation of this committee. What is Justin Trudeau hiding? Justin Trudeau is doing whatever he can to ensure that these documents don't get out. So if he is going to these extreme lengths, he is forcing his liberal MPs to filibuster during these committee meetings to avoid crucial votes on on the handling of documents, and he has gone to the length of making of making the vote a confidence matter, basically ensuring that, hey, if you vote for this, there will be an election during a pandemic, which nobody wants. He made it a confidence matter so that to discourage voting in favor of the creation of this committee. That must mean 
that the, there are some serious things that Justin Trudeau is hiding for uh, about 25% of the material and the documents that the liberals originally handed over. About 25% of it has just been redacted. Pierre Polyver stood up in, uh, in front of a press conference and he started throwing uh, papers that were just, uh, just complete with black squares, with r crucial redactions. And he basically said, what are the liberals hiding? And the liberals continue to ensure that, no, that this, these investigations don't continue. Why is that? What exactly are they hi hiding? Justin Trudeau ha already has uh, two co conflict of interest violations. Uh, Justin Trudeau's press secretary just got uh, just got uh, charged with a uh, conflict of interest with an ethics violation. Uh, his press secretary, uh, one of the former liberal MPs, was charged with fraud. Justin Trudeau, as I already said, he already has uh, two violations of the conflict of interest uh, act. What is Justin Trudeau hiding? Obviously, he is hiding uh, the fact that the, the awarding of more than $900 million to the WE charity is an obvious conflict of interest because the WE charity and Justin Trudeau's family is very close. Uh, the WE charity has been uh, giving, uh, giving his family up to $350,000 in financial incentives when it comes to speaking fees, when it comes to accommodating for the uh, hotels and flights. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. So there's an obvious conflict of interest. Trudeau's family is close with the Wee Charity. The Wee Charity is very close with the Trudeau family. And Trudeau uh, awarded them a $900 million grant. There is something very suspect about that that needs to be investigated. What also needs to be investigated is why the Liberals decided to prorogue government in the middle of four committees, four committees investigating the Wee Charity scandal. There, four committees were investigating this matter, and Justin Trudeau conveniently decided to prorogue government in the middle of a pandemic. Why he prorogued government in the middle of a pandemic? Well, it wasn't to help Canadians. It wasn't to ensure that Canadians were being accommodated for, that the crucial bills were being passed, and they were being passed with a sufficient amount of debate. When Parliament came back, they had to rush out a bill, like extremely rushed out bill that was just unready. They had no time to debate over this bill because because of the prorogation of parliament, because they didn't have ample enough time to actually review a COVID-19 relief bill. I believe that a COVID-19 relief bill was necessary. I don't believe that it shouldn't have it should have been passed without debate. And this is all because they pro government and they more than likely pro government to avoid these uh, these committees from continuing with their investigation of the weed charity scandal. What exactly are they hiding? It must be serious if you would go to extreme lengths to uh, to make it a confidence matter. Now, obviously, the NDP they voted against the formation of the committee because uh, they just went back to doing the bidding of the Liberals. The Green Party, which I believe they only have like three seats in Parliament, so they're like one of the most insignificant par uh, parties. Um, I don't know why anybody really talks about it. Like uh, Anami Paul, the the new leader of the Green Party, was getting significant coverage from from the press. I do not know why. That's such an insignificant party. She's not even in the House of Commons. She's probably not going to get in because the Liberals or the NDP or uh, any other party is probably going to get um, get that seat in Toronto. Well, Bill Morneau. Uh, once sat and then he kind of resigned because he was a part of the weed charity scandal, which which is another thing. 
this was so bad that Bill Morneau retired from politics. It must have been very serious. That's why it is important that we get to the bottom of this. And look, if, if the Trudeaus are, uh, I mean, not the Trudeaus, if the liberals are so innocent, if there's nothing to reveal, then they would have let these probes uh, advance. They would have let the formation of the anti-corruption co uh, committee advance. Let the documents be revealed because they're innocent, right? Obviously not. That's why they are continuing with the just the just it's the blockade of information, just the blockade of the investigation. An election is definitely not optimal, right? Nobody wants an election. That's why the ND, That's why the NDP voted uh, in, in favor for the liberals. Uh, an election is not optimal, but what is optimal is for the liberals to stop wasting time. Let the opposition mill through the documents since nothing, no foul play happened. And after they go through their investigation, after they find nothing, because according to Trudeau, there's nothing wrong. After they go through their investigation, we could continue with the pandemic response. So moving on to the next topic, the handling of the, the pandemic by the liberals has been suboptimal. So uh, from the beginning... While you cannot say that the pandemic response was absolutely horrible, there has been some glaring flaws. I will defend uh, Justin Trudeau the, the, by, in the fact that this is a very new thing. Nobody is handling this well. Europe isn't handling this well. America isn't handling this well. God, I, uh, Asia is definitely not handling this well. Um, but they definitely, from what we know, especially of recent, we could have definitely handled this better. Uh, while the conservatives, to some extent, they have engaged in an over-politicization of the pandemic. Uh, their recent probe, they, they, they're requesting for uh, countless documents about the liberals' uh, pandemic response, which it would take a very long time to go over these documents. And quite frankly, uh, it would be uh, much more beneficial for them to focus on handling the pandemic rather than going back and nitpicking about the liberals' uh, handling of the pandemic, even though there are definitely some valid criticisms uh, that they can make against the liberals and that definitely need to be brought up. Uh, they, the conservatives are there uh, asking for documents relating to the liberals' pandemic response, which is valid, but I just believe that, uh, that Canadians, they're going to be sick and tired of all the probes, all the requests uh, that the conservatives are making. The liberals' pandemic response has definitely been suboptimal, especially of recent, uh, with the recent lockdowns. Uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, we shut down, which is normal. Everybody was shutting down. Italy was shutting down while the 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 the, the virus was just running like straight through uh, Italy. Uh, same thing with Spain. Same thing. America shut down. We shut down. Everybody in Europe. Everybody. Everybody shut down. China shut down to the point where they were literally welding people inside their own homes. South Korea. Um, they were, uh, they, 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 the way they handled the, the pandemic was basically violating human rights by uh, tracking people without their consent. But regardless, every country had a different way in handling the pandemic. But Canada, they, they did as many, many countries did. They shut down, which is very normal since we didn't know much about the virus. And they did that to try and slow the spread. Um, however, they have, done none, they have not done nearly as much as they should have. The lockdowns are getting a little bit out of hand. They're actually getting a lot out of hand. And the World Health Organization has said that lockdowns are not recommended. Um, if we look in Ontario, 
uh, Doug Ford, who is supposed to be a conservative, but right now he has been not he has not been doing a good job at all. Uh, Doug Ford, uh, he basically he and Justin Trudeau basically said, yeah, cancel trick or treating. No Halloween. Halloween is canceled, even though you like everybody's wearing a mask. It's kids that are going to be doing trick or treating, and as we know, kids. Uh, younger people, they are not being affected by this virus. I believe uh, two hundred more. Two, I believe two hundred twenty thousand people have died from the virus in America. Only like seventy uh, people, like under the age of twenty-five, have died. That is astronomically low. Young people aren't dying from this virus. Canceling trick-or-treating is a little idiotic. It's stupid. Okay. And the World Health Organization, they have said that they basically recommended that countries don't lock down. They said, reopen your economies. Um, that, that'll basically help more people uh, than locking down. Locking down has been having severe consequences on people, on people's mental health. Suicide is up. Alcoholism is up. Domestic abuse is up. These very serious problems are running uh, wild because of these lockdowns. And Ontario, uh, all of Canada, they're administering more and more lockdowns, even though the World Health Organization said it is not beneficial. There's no evidence to suggest that administering lockdowns help with your response to the pandemic. There's no evidence to suggest that uh, lockdowns help. As we saw with Canada, we just saw a massive spike despite the fact that we were locking down. As also the way that the liberals have been managing the economy has been very, very bad. They have not done a very good job administering aid to those who need it. That being with CERB and CRB. Um, basically, it's very, very hard to apply for CRB, even though it should be really easy. All you have to do is go on the Canada Revenue Agency, uh, the CRA website, and basically... You log in, you apply for CRB, you ask ask a few questions, and then they're supposed to be sending you a, a check if you apply. But there are very uh, there are various problems with the website. There are various problems with the uh, the application process. I tried a- a- applying for CRB just to see uh, if it works. It does not work. I I tried on two separate instances. It it just it just doesn't work. As I said, there's many many flaws with CERB, and we are seeing very similar. Uh, flaws with CRB. I wonder why. Maybe it's because the liberals prorogued government in the middle of the pandemic so that we couldn't pass any substantial piece of legislation that'll help people. And you just had to rush out that last COVID-19 relief uh, bill, which, which basically means that CRB wasn't ready and um, it should have definitely had much more debate in the House of Commons that it got because there was absolutely no debate. The handling of the economy has just been terrible. Uh, We have the worst unemployment than any G7 country. Uh, I believe as of recently, unemployment is in the double digits, which is absolutely awful. Uh, Our deficit is worse than in the world wars. In World War I and in World War II, we, we we were running a better deficit than we are now, which is absolutely ridiculous. We have the worst deficit in any G20 country that is including America. Uh, you know, say what you say. You know, I have positive things to say about Donald Trump. Donald Trump has done a bad job when it comes to managing the, his, the deficit. They, he's just been spending, spending, spending. He's been increasing the deficit, not really caring. It's been very, very idiotic what Trump has been doing with 
his excessive spending. And America's deficit is very bad. Canada's deficit is worse. Uh, by, it's been projected by the end of the year, the deficit will be, I believe, like 54% of Canada's GDP, which is higher than, I believe, what is projected for America, 48 of, uh, 48% or, I believe, 44% of America's GDP. Absolutely awful. We have the worst unemployment in the, G, in the G7, the worst deficit in the G20. Trudeau has done an awful job managing the economy. Why is it that he is relying on these on CERB, on CRB, when really we should be reopening the economy so people can go back to work? Food bank lines are long for a reason. They're not long because the government isn't doing enough to give them money. It, the lines are long because they aren't able to work. That is why the food bank lines are long. Justin Trudeau and the liberals have done a very terrible job helping out businesses. Uh, businesses are going out of business left and right. Bars, clubs, uh, restaurants, they, uh, they especially are being hit the hardest because they can't operate or they can't properly operate under the condition, uh, conditions of this lockdown. Restaurants, they can't operate at 25% capacity. That is not how restaurants work. Re uh, restaurants, they, they operate on very thin, very fragile profit margins, okay? Uh, the, way, the, the way they pay for the food, the customers, their, the, their employment, they have very thin, very fragile profit margins. They cannot operate at 25% or 33% capacity um, because that's not, how, that's not how bars, that's not how restaurants work. And that's why we're seeing a lot of them go over, out of business. I, I believe today or yesterday, Le Chateau, uh, a retailer, they're going out of business. Or this is a trend. This is a, a very prominent trend. I believe Dave's Tea or something like that. They're, they're, they're going out of business or they're closing down a lot of their stores. This is because Justin Trudeau has not done a good job supporting these businesses when you are forcing them when you are forcing these businesses to shut down or you're forcing them to operate on low, low capacity, low customers, you have to provide some sort of relief for them. You have to compensate them in some way, shape, or form because you're forcing them to lock down. Now, I believe that they should open. They should reopen because there is no evidence to suggest that lockdowns are working to prevent the spread. They should open with social distancing measures, of course, but you're killing off these restaurants. You're killing off these businesses. And he has not done anything to support these businesses. And he's not doing anything, anything to combat unemployment. And he's not doing anything to mitigate inflation. It is reasonable for the conservatives and the other opposition parties, you know, the NDP, who I would say is a branch of the liberal government because they just do the liberals bidding uh, with very little resistance. The liberals say jump. The NDP groans and says and says how high. Uh, the the NDP they voted against the anti corruption uh, the anti corruption committee the formation of the anti corruption committee. They just do the liberals bidding whenever uh, the liberals see fit. But hopefully the NDP can pretend to be an opposition party along with the conservatives, along with the Green Party, along with the Black Quebecois. Uh, hopefully uh, these opposition parties. And it is reasonable for these opposition parties to criticize and investigate the liberal response to the pandemic. However, proposing probes that would just look like a bureaucratic swamp isn't exactly what we need. And it certainly isn't 
what the people need to be seeing of the conservative party. Proposing these probes that they have to go through all these documents, all these emails, all, all this paperwork, and it'll take a very long time to go over this, these probes that would ultimately, that ultimately what you should be doing is focusing on the future, focusing on having these businesses reopen safely, focusing on uh, get, getting the funding for the, for the compensation for these businesses that are forced, uh, forced to shut down. You should be focusing on that rather than focusing on the past. It is very important that you look at what the liberals have done, but, and you, it is important that you criticize what they have done and their response to the pandemic, but it is just as important, it is more important to look to the future because that is what Canadians want. Canadians don't want to see the Conservative Party just stirring up drama. Stir, that is, you know, despite the fact that the We Charity scandal is a very important thing to investigate, a lot of Canadians see this as just the Conservatives stirring up drama for uh, very, uh, very, little, very little good reason. And uh, you don't want that to be the public perception of what you're doing with the pandemic response. You want to actually uh, be constructive. You want your response, you're the conservative response to the pandemic to be constructive. What needs to be done is that the conservatives are proposing solutions and the solutions, and so and they, they're proposing solutions that work, not the fake solutions that Doug Ford has, but real solutions like reopening uh, with social distancing and uh, looking at, masking and you know despite the fact that a lot of uh, people on the right like to say oh masks don't work ma generally more and more studies are coming out and a lot of these studies support masks i don't believe in a mandatory mask mandate that's just unconstitutional um i believe that you, you shouldn't be able or shouldn't be allowed to force citizens to wear something it's kind of like you know not a good precedent to set but regardless you need to be uh, looking at informing the Canadian public. You need to be looking at re uh, reopening these uh, businesses safely and looking at the, the real science. The real science, you know, for example, the World Health Organization, uh, looking at what they're saying, uh, listening to the Canadian uh, uh, health experts, even though they, Theresa Tam has been wrong on many, many, many occasions. Um, and I don't think she's doing a very good job, but really you should be listening to what is happening on the international scene and taking the Canadian economy into account because that is very important. And for the last topic of the day, I just want to talk about the media and how the media is out of hand. So if you have been living under a rock in a cave, you would not, you would not know that the media has been skewing toward the left. The media hates, or I'm, I'm just going to be talking about American media. Um, we could talk about the CBC in another day on another day and how they should be, the CBC how sh should be defunded. But American media, they are out of hand. The media has fully shown in the past few years, but especially these past few months with the election, that they are just an extension of the Democratic Party. This includes CNN, MSNBC, CBS, Politico, the Huffington Post, uh, the New York Times, the Washington Poster Times. One of them is right-leaning, one of them is left-leaning. Regardless, the media is ext has extreme bias, uh, uh, extreme favoritism toward Biden, extreme just a disdain for Trump. 
Go onto CNN's website, go onto MSNBC's website, go onto CBS's website, go onto Politico's website. They all promote and prop up Democrats while they shame and harass Trump. It is absolutely ridiculous. If you have only gotten your news from CNN and MSNBC these past four, uh, four years, you would believe that Trump has done nothing good with his, within his presidency. You would not know that Donald Trump signed three peace deals with Israel. He signed with the UAE. He signed with the kingdom of Behran. And as of recently, as of today, he signed with Sudan. These are very important peace deals with Israel. These are Muslim countries that has have tension in the past with Israel. You would not know about that. You would not know about Donald Trump's criminal justice and prison reform. You would not know about the record low of employment of Donald Trump's uh, presidency before the pandemic. You would not know about the fact that Democratic states have had a, a higher death rate than Republican states. You would not know this because that is not what they want to talk about. They just want to demonize and harass Trump while they prop up Joe Biden in any way, shape, or form, by any means possible. When, uh, when Donald Trump negotiates peace deals, you hear very little about him. But when the New York Times reveals the contents of Donald Trump's tax returns, it is the worst thing in the world. Disregarding the facts, of course. Donald Trump's tax returns, it, 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 it doesn't make any sense why it was such a big deal when it was revealed that Donald Trump paid $750 in 2016 and 2017. When, if you read the entire, I didn't read the entire thing, Donald Trump prepaid his taxes. He paid too much so that he paid $750 in filing fees. And he and, and also when it was revealed that uh, Donald Trump had a, a bank account in China, you're forgetting that Donald Trump is a businessman. Before he was, he's not a politician. He's just the president. He, it's like the first president that's not a politician. Donald Trump is not a politician. He's the president and a businessman. He has done business in China as millions of people have done business in China. They're the second largest economy in the world besides America. So, does, uh, so a lot of Americans do business in China as well as Donald Trump. Donald Trump said that he opened a bank account in 2013. He was going to do business dealings in China. He didn't do business dealings in China. And he closed the account in, I believe, 2015. But the media want to say, oh, Donald Trump, he has an account in China. And they want to ignore the fact that Joe Biden and his family has been just corrupt and corrupt business dealings in Ukraine. CNN says that if Trump loses, he won't leave peacefully. CNN, a few days ago, they had an article uh, saying, what will Donald Trump do if he loses the, elect uh, the election? What job will he take? They, they're theorizing that he'll leave the country, um, which is uh, it's ridiculous. I don't know why, where he would go. Why are we going to go to Canada? We're going to tax the fuck out you. We're going to go. Um, there's no better place to go than America, really, if you're Donald Trump, of course. CNN, they basically said, oh, he's going to leave the country. They basically said, well, Donald Trump, he's not going to leave peacefully if he's voted out, even though uh, in the Trump town hall that happened last week, Donald Trump fully said, yeah, I'll leave peacefully if I lose, but we got to make sure that there's not like voter fraud or whatever, which is a very real possibility because of the widespread um, mail-in voting. Mainstream media, has uh, they also believe that Trump 
has damaged the Supreme Court. Uh, this is uh, I got this from an article from MS, MSNBC. They said that Donald Trump has damaged the Supreme Court, uh, and that damage would last decades. It's absolutely absurd. What has Donald Trump done to damage the Supreme Court? You know what would be much, infinitely more damaging to the Supreme Court? If Joe Biden and the Democrats packed the Supreme Court. You know what would be much more damaging to the Supreme Court? If they just crammed the Supreme Court in with four extra li- liberal judges that are, judi- that are judicial activists, that they are not originalists, that they do not do their job in looking at a case, looking at how it matches up with the Constitution, and determining the, d- determining the result of the case based on the rule of law. No, they're just judicial activists. They want to basically put in four Ruth, Gator, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburgs, you know. Rest in peace to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but she was a judicial activist. She was not a very good judge. And they just want to pack the Supreme Court. Guess what's going to happen when there's a next Republican president? He's going to pack the Supreme Court, and you're just going to ruin that entire branch of government. And when you ruin the judicial branch, the legislative branch, and the executive branch, they're the next to go. All Donald Trump really do- did was... Uh, put in, uh, nominate a judge when there is a vacancy. That's what the president does. That is the power of the executive branch. When there's a vacancy, the president put, uh, nominates, they nominate a uh, someone for, to become the next justice, and the Senate, they either approve or decline. Look, the Republicans, they control the executive, and the Republicans, they control the Senate. Obama in 2016, when they're trying to put in Merrick Garland, Obama, they, he controlled the, the executive. They did not control the Senate. That's why he did not get in a judge. And they waited for the election. Donald Trump got elected. And Donald Trump put in his own judge. You know, the, the, the Democrats, they're butthurt because they didn't uh, get Merrick Garland in. But guess what? That's tough luck. That You didn't control the Senate. Putting in uh, AC, ACB, putting, putting her in, is actually a very good thing. She's an originalist. She's not a judicial activist. She's actually going to do her job. As I t- t- spoke about earlier, you know, they said Don Trump has an account in, in, uh, in, in China. How about the fact that Joe Bi- or, or Hunter Biden had a laptop full of, well, he had a laptop full of pictures of him with crack pipes and prostitutes, but he also uh, had emails talking about how he, he has been doing business dealings with Burisma how he had Joe Biden meet with one of the he- one of the top of uh, guys in Burisma. He had Joe Biden meet with him, and basically uh, Hunter Biden he joined Burisma's board with having no no uh, no experience whatsoever within the energy sec- sector. Uh, Hunter Biden the, the the business dealings were influenced by Joe Biden's name. Joe Biden by, uh, got the uh, the Attorney General of Ukraine fired. And that attorney general was investigating Burisma, which could have possibly uh, laid charges against not only Burisma, but Hunter Biden. And basically, Joe Biden's like, yeah, I'm not having any of that. We're going to make sure I'm going to make sure that my son is fine, you know, even though he's a drug addict. You have priorities, Joe Biden. And also there's emails saying Joe Biden will be getting a cut of this money. The media, they want nothing to do with that story. CNN isn't reporting on it. NPR isn't reporting on it. NBC isn't reporting on it. Okay? Twitter and Facebook, they actively censored 
the story. How could they get away with censorship of the press? How, how are they doing that? Why is nobody talking about that? That is absolutely ridiculous. These big tech, big tech has too much, too much power. I have been against regulating big tech, but we are seeing that they are just stomping on people's rights. They are stomping on people's freedom of speech. They are stomping on the freedom of the press. They are abusing Section 230. And honestly, they need to be hauled, they need to be reeled in. But nobody wants to talk about that. The media, they only want to talk about Trump bad. Trump is a bad orange man. And Joe Biden, he you got a white knight for him. Joe Biden, he has declined to talk about the whole the whole barisma and the Hunter Biden and the emails. He declined to talk about it. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden on the issue of court packing. Uh, Joe Biden said, I'm not going to answer this question about court packing. The media, they ha they didn't really push Joe Biden on the fact. They weren't really asking him about court packing. And the, the, the one or two rare occasions where someone would step up and ask Joe Biden about court packing, Joe Biden said, the American people don't deserve to know my position of, on court packing. Why was there no follow-up questions to that? Who knows? On the t in the town hall last week with George Stephanopoulos, who worked for the Clinton administration and cried tears of joy when uh, when uh, Bill Clinton was elected, that guy, that guy who was the moderator of the town hall, he he didn't push Joe Biden on the issue of court packing, at least not hard enough. Okay, George Bi Joe Biden has not been transparent with his policies at all when it came to the fracking issue. Uh, early on in 2015, no, not in 2015, early on in 2019 and early into 2020, Joe Biden said that he would ban fracking, and now he has just completely done a 180 on the issue, saying he would never ban, ban fracking, why he hasn't been getting questions about that issue, and why he's a hypocrite, I do not know why he's not getting questions about that. They haven't uh, pressured Joe Biden on the Senate report, talking about how Hunter Biden received $3.5 million from the wife of Moscow's mayor, it is absolutely ridiculous, and they wanna they wanna just they, they were whenever when the stories of Russian collusion, which has been disproven, when the Mueller report, when that all came out, they were right. The the media was ready to jump on that, and they were ready to demonize Donald Trump. But when it comes to Joe Biden, no, he's a, he's a good puppy. You know, people aren't voting for Joe Biden. People are voting against Donald Trump in this election. You are either voting for Donald Trump to get reelected, or you are voting for Donald Trump to not get reelected. Nobody is voting for Joe Biden because nobody really knows anything about uh, Joe Biden's policies. You know why Joe B nobody knows anything about Joe Biden's policies? Because Joe Biden hasn't really talked about it. He hasn't been transparent. And why don't we know uh, anything about uh, Joe Biden's policies? And why haven't the media pushed Joe Biden on his policies? Because you know why? If Joe Biden talks about his policies and if the media reports and covers Joe Biden's policies, it's going to look bad for him. Joe Biden may or may not, may not win the presidency if he talks about his policies because his policies fucking suck. Nobody likes his policies. The 50 Cent said 62.6% tax in New York City. Fuck that. I'm voting for Trump. Do you know why? Because nobody actually knows. Nobody. 50 Cent probably didn't know that Joe Biden was going to be raising taxes, which would have serious implications on the economy. Joe Biden's uh, policy sucks. You're either voting 
for Joe, uh, Don Trump or you're voting against Don Trump. Do you know why that is? Because all the media talks about is the bads of Don Trump. And all they talk about is how Don Trump is a bad person who, who is a criminal and he needs to be elected, uh, uh, voted out. And all they talk about Joe Biden is, oh, Joe Biden, what's your favorite uh, flavor of ice cream? That is literally a question that Joe Biden was asked. If Donald Trump went to go get ice cream, do you think the media would be asking him what his favorite flavor of ice cream is? Or do you think the media would be asking if he's a white supremacist? Do you think the media would be asking him would be asking him what his favorite uh, flavor of ice cream is? Or do you think they would be asking Joe Bi- uh, Don Trump about his Chinese bank accounts and about his tax returns? Does Joe Biden have to answer tough questions? No. Do you know why? Because the media have an invested interest in seeing Joe Biden win because they have such a bias against Donald Trump. It is absolutely ridiculous. That is why I encourage you. That's why I encourage strong thought. That's why I encourage free thought. That's why I encourage the expression of opinion. That's why I say, look, I am biased and I recognize that I'm biased. CNN, they say they are unbiased. But guess what? We know. Go on CNN's website. Count how many negative articles about Trump there is. Count how many positive articles about Trump there is. Count how many positive articles of Biden is. Count how many uh, negative articles about Biden there is. And you will see a very extreme difference. Do that with MSNBC. Do that with Politico. Do that with Huffington Post. Do that with the New York Times. You will find that it is absolutely ridiculous. It is absurd. Social media is out of hand. The media, the just the general... Uh, traditional media is out of fan. That's why I encourage you to have your own strong thought. That's why you, you, maybe you should check out, I don't know, maybe you might not like Breitbart because all, all they, they are ex, like extremely right-wing even though like they, they wear their bias on their sleeve. You know, you should seek out alternative media because traditional media, they're not doing any, they're, it's just, they're, they're just a disservice to the American public. Anyway, that is all the topics that I have for today. Today, I covered the Biden-Trump debate that Trump won. I talked about the liberals going to extreme lengths to conceal their corruption. I talked about the handling of the pandemic and how it has been suboptimal. And I've talked about how the media has gone out of hand. If you enjoy what I do, uh, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like the video. Uh, If you are on Apple Podcasts, give me a five star. If you're on any other podcast platform, uh, please, you know, give me a good rating and uh, tune into the next episode. Also, there will be a strong thought special coming very, very soon. I hope to have that done within the coming week. So uh, be tuned for that. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I am out.